Hello, and welcome to the Agri-Food Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. Hello, I'm Morgan Anderson. I'm the Produce Safety Technician based in Ottawa County. Hey there, I'm Emily Hollingsworth. I am a Produce Safety Specialist with the Michigan Department of Ag and Rural Development, and I cover the whole state of Michigan, working on consistency of the application of the produce safety rule. I work with our regulators at MDARD, in addition to our produce safety technicians with six different conservation districts, and also a lot of educators from MSU Extension. I'm Phil Toko. I'm with Michigan State University Extension. I'm based in Jackson County, but I cover the entire state with respect to on-farm produce safety. Thank you, everyone, for introducing yourselves. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss ag water and the upcoming new rule from the FDA relating to produce safety. But before we hop into that, I want to ask both you, Phil and Emily, could you provide some context and history about what is the ag water rule? Uh, So the ag water rule is actually one of several subparts of the FSMA produce safety rule. A lot of growers I hear just refer to that as FSMA. Mm -hmm. So the the ag water rule is just one part of that FSMA produce safety rule. Um, The produce safety rule is really a preventive rule to reduce risks of biological contamination on produce farms. Mm -hmm. And it's the first preventive rule that that puts out kind of mandatory regulation of produce farms. The ag water rule itself has been on hold for a few years. Um, FDA has been reworking the rule based on feedback from stakeholders and and growers Mm -hmm. on what was initially put out. Ag water itself is water that touches the harvestable portion of the crop Mm -hmm. and any food contact surfaces or hands, since hands also touch food contact surfaces and the produce itself. So really the ag water rule is a rule that is specific to water that is touching produce. So Mm -hmm. irrigation, crop protection sprays, any post-harvest water, if you're rinsing or Mm -hmm. cooling or dunking Mm -hmm. your produce, any of those kind of things, and then water that you're using for hand washing. The ag water rule applies to farms that are what we would call covered by this FSMA produce safety rule. And so there's specific requirements and lots of resources to help you figure out whether you're covered, which means you're eligible for an inspection under the produce safety rule. But generally, they are produce farms that are selling a minimum, uh, you know, dollar amount of Mm -hmm. produce that is typically eaten raw. And so you can feel free to reach out to any of us or use MDARD's grower tool, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like a short survey to give you an idea of whether you're covered and whether this ag water rule would apply to you or not at all. I've done that myself a couple of times of like hypothetical answering to see what is covered and not covered. Because even reading through the rule itself, sometimes the tentacle. So I'm like, that tool is really helpful to just walk through and it tells you, yes, you are, no, you're not. You got anything to add, Phil, to that? Thank you, Emily. That was a great response. I think the one thing that it's important to understand is initially the the rule was the the beginnings of the rule really started with testing water and and Mm. very much came out of um, 
audits where auditor, auditors were requiring all growers to test that, that were being audited mm -hmm. to test their water. So a lot of the early bit of, of what was proposed was based on water testing. Makes sense. Yeah. So if it doesn't touch the harvestable portion of the crop, Growers don't have to worry about it, right? It's Correct. not something that needs to be of concern. Correct. Just clarifying question yep. for myself. <laughs> it's it's not considered it's not Ad considered water. regulated. Okay. So I mean it, it wouldn't be regulated. Whereas with audits, any water, irrespective of whether it touches the harvestable portion of the crop, okay. needs to be tested. Yeah, and I would say from a regulatory standpoint, mm -hmm. there are no specific rules that govern non ag water. Right. Other than if it touches produce and it's full of poop and you end up with contaminated produce because of it, yeah, whether it was intended to touch it or not, ultimately that makes, water. yeah, that, that makes it bad water, regulated. so to speak, okay. and regulated. One other thing to mention is that the ag water rule splits water up into two different portions mm. and one is pre-harvest water mm -hmm. and the other is harvest and post-harvest water mm -hmm. um, so the pre-harvest water includes things like i mentioned before like irrigation water frost protection any water that's mixed with uh, your crop protection sprays those kind of things mm -hmm. whereas the harvest and post-harvest water is regulated slightly differently in a different part of the rule and that includes any water that's applied to the produce during or after harvest, like the dunk tanks, rinses, right. hand washing water, and cleaning and sanitizing of food contact surfaces. Um, so kind of the basics from what I'm understanding is there's pre-harvest and harvest and post-harvest water, but they're both ag water. So talking about ag water, what bottom line do growers need to know relating to the upcoming rule? So really, the, the important thing for us to know is really the distinction between harvest, post-harvest water, and right. pre-harvest ag water is that the harvest and post-harvest water portion of the rule is now finalized as of a couple of months ago, and it's largely unchanged from what was in there before. So for most of our growers, what they're currently doing is what they should continue doing and kind of a very shortened version of what the requirements here are that you need to have no detectable generic E. coli uh, in your water. And you can either test it yourself or get your water from a public source and provide proof of their testing. So that no detectable generic E. coli, if I turn in a test to the water, to the to a water lab, is non-detect okay? Just a non-detect? You do not have to calculate any means, geometric means, or have these water quality profiles mm -hmm. or anything anymore. It Just is like drastically simplified to the pass-fail, yeah. generic E. coli, non-detect. There are still specific mm -hmm. tests that have to be, uh, you know, it's a specific test that the lab has to run and go ahead and reach out to your produce safety technician, mm -hmm. someone at MSU Extension, or even somebody uh, one of the regulators, and we're happy to make sure that whatever test your lab is doing is one that's approved. Right. But um, they've and, all pretty much come into come into line now. Right. And there's a nice uh, national water lab map too that's out there. Yes. Yeah. Folks can get to. I was going to plug that, and also plugging possible cost share if 
Gregor can't afford to get that water test, you know, reaching out to pro safety techs might be something they would be willing and able to help the growers cover cost of. So in addition to that, no detectable generic E. coli in your water, you are not allowed to use untreated surface water for harvest or post-harvest water ever, even if you do sample it and it comes back non-detect. If it's untreated surface water, you can't use it for harvest or post-harvest. And then in addition, you'll need to do some sort of annual water distribution system check. Uh, Nothing formal, but check your distribution system. Make sure that your well is in good good standing and everything looks good at least once a year. No back siphoning is happening. There's checks from that. They're working well, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. There's been a term thrown around since I've started that I feel like is still kind of ambiguous in my mind is water assessment. Is that dealing with, that's only pre-harvest, right? Yeah. So the ag water assessment Mm -hmm. is associated with pre-harvest water. So if you've heard that term thrown out, that is specific to pre-harvest water. Right. And that's currently in a proposed state. Oh, okay. And so the FDA proposed ag water rules surrounding mm-hmm. pre-harvest water. And there was a period of comment. And um, that was last year. We held a lot of meetings mm-hmm. uh, in, condu- in conjunction with MSU Extension to kind of get the word out and try to get comment back to FDA on that. Right. That rule has not yet been finalized. Okay. So. Not something quite yet to worry about for growers as of now, possibly. Not something <laughs> to get stressed out about yet. Yeah. When it is finalized, there's mm-hmm. going to be ample time after yeah. the finalization, before it's implemented. Uh, we will make sure to have resources for growers mm-hmm. surrounding if an ag water assessment is part of it, which mm-hmm. we don't know for sure probably headed in that direction, but we really don't know what the final rule will look like. Yeah. So um, if that is a part of it, we will definitely have tools that are developed Mm -hmm. and we'll be able to offer lots of assistance to growers. Thank you. Um, So bottom line, as I'm understanding, is no detectable generic E. coli. Phil, do you have anything to add to that as well? I, I think that's the most important thing. The big thing to remember here is the fact that that when you have, if you are required to have an audit as a prerequisite for sale, those rules that the buyer requires do not change. What we are only talking about are the minimum standards for growing the product. So if you are still getting audits, there's going to be requirements, possibly a monthly requirement to test your water that you still have to do, even if these rules change. That kind of leads into my next question, Phil, is what are some aspects of the rule that we do not know yet? Are there any challenges around those unknowns? But even like you said, part of the, the knowns that are even having some challenges. So the water assessment is something that, that there's not a whole lot of science behind. Yeah. There's some science behind, but the idea with the water assessment is really to link the hazards that you see with the risks the, the, the ones that are actual risks on your farm, and then figure out whether or not those risks are high enough to warrant some kind of action on your part. So at this point, no one should be trying to jump the gun on this. Right. Nobody should try yeah. and do this in advance and be proactive. Kind of like what Emily was saying, like we will develop the tools 
there will yes. be things in place to help people kind of do that assessment because yes. it will take a lot of education i think of growers to kind of recognize hey what is a hazard <laughs> um and what the proper steps next steps are yeah yeah and since the rule hasn't been finalized yet for mm-hmm. pre-harvest water even the provision numbers for yeah. harvest and post-harvest water haven't been finalized yet really mm-hmm. Like I said, the rule is largely unchanged for that harvest post-harvest, right. but we we don't even have a way to cite those kind of things yet. And yeah. so this is really a work in progress, and it is not something to fret about. It is not something to go and start changing everything that you're doing on farm. Yeah. It's something that we are working with growers on and that we have lots of resources available for. So while this is kind of a challenge that we don't have everything in writing yet and Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly what the future will hold, that really allows us to give um, extra time to the growers, you know, and and to work on things and making small changes on farm. Mm -hmm. That kind of being said, my last question for you guys is, um, given all these upcoming changes, and these may or may not be mentioned in the upcoming newsletters, but do any of you have any resources or places that you are directing farmers to besides the wonderful MSU extension and produce safety techs? Definitely keep on the MyOps website. If you are not in touch with your local produce safety technician, absolutely get in touch with your produce safety technician. We are now fully staffed and they will be around. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, reach out to us directly. It's great. We have very approachable staff here, whether yeah. they're on the regulatory side or on the technical assistance or education side. Sure, yeah. So feel free to reach out to me or to Phil directly or any of the technicians. And when Phil says the MyOps page, that is M as in mother <laughs> or M as in Michigan, I suppose. Okay, yeah. I. O-F-P-S, and that stands for Michigan On-Farm Produce Safety, and that's .org. You can also check out michigan.gov forward slash produce safety and MSU's Agri-Food Safety website. It's usually the first one that comes up when you Google the word Agri-Food Safety. Yeah, and something that I say a lot is that every farm is unique. Yeah, And really to understand where you stand and where your farm stands, the best thing to do is talk to somebody individually. It's great to, you know, take a cursory look at what we have on our websites or look at some of our field guides or any of those things. But really talking to somebody is going to get you the best information for what will work for your farm because you know your farm Mm -hmm. better than anybody else. And really, um, the rule can be tailored individually to True. each farm. That's the kind of the beauty and the, the kind of it is. Right. It's vague enough, sometimes too vague, but also you can choose what works best for you, which is nice. And part of the reason why we set up the network in the state right, yeah. was to allow a grower to sit down with someone. Yeah. So if, if, if it's not your tech, if it's not Emily or it's not me, there's, there should be someone out there that can help you. And like we said, this is largely unchanged from what was already required of covered farms. Um, Any farms that are audited are already doing this and more. Yeah. So it's essentially no change from status quo. Yeah. I would just like to finish up by saying that Michigan is really focused on safe water. All of these rules and compliance dates can be confusing and distract us really from the important questions. So make sure as a grower that you're really asking yourself these questions. 
do I know that my water is contaminated? Do I think that my water might be contaminated? If the answer is yes, or really even that you don't know, do something about it, anything about it. And that's really the bottom line here. We have a host of people that can offer free and confidential assistance in getting you there. And that's really what this is all about. Safe water, safe produce, and, um, you know, keeping Michigan safe. Yeah. We are the Great Lakes State. Yep. <laughs> Need to keep those waters <clears throat> safe. For sure. Links to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash agrifood underscore safety. Thank you to everyone for listening. And don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.